0: Hello, welcome back to Forensic Friends. I'm your host, Shelly, and I am here as usual with my forensically fascinated friend Natalie.
1: Hello, hello.
0: And Natalie, I've got a brain teaser for you. Oh no. <laughs> if you've got a patient who is about to be discharged to a long-term care facility and therefore needs their COVID result. And you send the lab the swab at 10 p.m., when should you call hospital transportation? Oh, and the turnaround time for the COVID result is 24 hours. After you get the results? Ding, ding, ding. Congrats, you're smarter than the nurse I spoke to today. Wait, what? We've had, this isn't the first call. We've had a few other calls. Usually the people on the other end handled it better than the nurse today but there would be um, patients in the hospital who they seem well enough to discharge and in order to discharge them and especially to go back to a long-term care facility which they have been hit hard by covid um, then like obviously you need to make sure yes they no longer have covid so because we're in canada Hello. Our turnaround time is 24 hours. Hello. <laughs> Just not to brag. Well, like yeah, if if you're an inpatient or if you have like a procedure or something, it's 24 hours. And that's what we tell everyone because that is the policy. And we've had several times where people would call and be like, "Hey, I sent the swab like this morning or late last night and the results aren't up yet and we need to get them" Like, on this ambulance, we're like, yeah, it's on a run. Or, like, sometimes, uh surprise, the run could go wrong. Like, something could go wrong in the run. Yeah. It might come back indeterminate, so they have to repeat it. That's why we say 24 hours. Also, there's this thing called volume where we have a lot of swabs. Right, you can't
1: assume that your patient's the only emergency patient. Everyone's in a hospital. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're in a hospital where people need urgent
0: care. (laughs) So, every so often, we do have one that is like, yes, this is super urgent. But usually, like, if you're being tested in-house, like, you're kind of in a line. And they prioritize certain patients, uh, like, especially patients from eMERGE. Um, Yeah. So, like but it like still 24 hour turnaround if you are going to send it to public health for example i don't even know what their turnaround time is <laughs> because that's like the provincial lab so every hospital that can't do it themselves or don't have access to another lab that could do it is sending it there so you're waiting several days for your results so like chill
1: for real this,
0: this nurse called four times I only took one call. One of my coworkers had taken the other calls and I didn't know that they'd already called before, but they called and they were saying like, well, like I'm okay. Like, can you tell me what's going on? So I check, and I'm like, it's on a run. They didn't know what that meant. Um,
1: I mean, I guess fair enough. Maybe fair yeah. enough. I don't know.
0: I mean, I think you can infer what it means. Yeah. But You know, I get it. Different jargon in different departments. So I say it's being tested. I don't know when it's been tested because the only way to to check that is to go into the room to check the instrument. And we're not supposed to be doing that because that room is a clean room. It's because it's very sensitive testing. It's PCR. We talked about this in the last episode. Mm -hmm. So we can't be going in there and we definitely can't speed the run up any faster it, it it. does what it does yeah you Same. speed up
1: and you get mistakes
0: well you can't you literally can't you literally can't speed up the run because mm. it's going through this process and it's a set automated process oh, okay you can't like you can't say go faster because like I can't remember how much detail I went into last episode but you know it has to go through all those cycles of duplicating the in this case it's RNA to test right you can't make that go any faster. These processes go as, like, it takes as much time as it takes. Like, you mm. can't tell your body to replicate its DNA faster, just as Right. <laughs> really, like, you can, there are things you can change that might make them faster. But, like, again, these are instruments that are already optimized. Right. right. So, so it's like
1: saying make this centrifuge thing go faster that you put the blood yeah, samples in. Yeah,
0: it's like, no, it needs to go for this long because that's how long it takes for it to separate properly. Right. Like, and this is how long it takes for the results to come out. And I told her, like, if the run doesn't need to be repeated, you should get results within three ish hours. And again, that's assuming that the results came back negative or positive. Yeah. Around, it, and that nothing went wrong in the run, because that does happen as well. And she's like, well, I need to know like how long to w- we have to wait because i need to know if we need to cancel the transportation or not Yes you shouldn't have called them yeah. oh my god that's like it's like buying your flight paying for your flight before knowing if you have time off from work <sighs> Right like you wouldn't because you can't i think most flights are non-refundable and if they are i don't think you get the full refund so like you you wouldn't take that risk so why would you take that risk with like the patient transport
1: Yeah, especially when uh, you're taking up a transport, like, there's an ambulance that could be doing other
0: things. Well, I don't know if if it's like a public ambulance, like you would get paramedics in, or if it's a private transportation company. Oh. Um, I don't really know, because obviously I'm not working in that area. Because this is like, the patient is going back to long-term care, which they might have their own transportation services.
1: Oh, uh, that makes
0: sense. Yeah. But either way, I'm trying to explain to her, like, we can't, she's like, well, I need it in the next half an hour. I'm like, okay, oh well, my God, what? I, I <laughs> like, I can't speed up this test. Like, I don't understand, I don't understand how to make you understand. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was about to tell her, like, FYI, our turnaround time is 24 hours. So if arrangements like this need to be made, they should be made. Like if you need to make those arrangements for whatever reason before you get the results, then at least allocate 24 hours. But our turnaround time is 24 hours. It's not an instant test. Like I don't understand why people think it is, but like all tests have a turnaround time. And if you've worked in a hospital and have had any dealings with tests, whether you're a nurse, a doctor, or in the lab, you should know that there is a turnaround time.
1: Yeah. And some things have longer times than others. Like my thyroid screening Mm -hmm. first always surprises me how fast they get it back. It can be the same day, but like eight hours later, or it could be the next day, but it usually is like the next morning or so when I get the test back. But like, even then I wouldn't be like, okay, I know this test is fast. Let me go get my blood tested four hours before my appointment with my doctor. Like,
0: yeah, like. Because if it was thyroid, you're probably getting your TSH, maybe T3, T4. That's like for those, a lot of the chemistry tests in a lot of labs here, at least, they're like automated. So you just stick them on a little conveyor belt and they just go. So Uh. (laughs) you, you do get the results pretty quick, assuming, first of all, that the instrument is running because I don't work in the chemistry lab, but I was there for my placement and the instrument has gone down. Several times in my six weeks working there. Oh God. <laughs> so obviously that delays results and actual stat tests are going to be prioritized. Like people who came into emerge for trauma, for example, mm-hmm. people who are bleeding out might need those tests before you do. So like they would have to manually do those tests or manually put it in run. I'm not exactly sure how it works. Cause that's not my, that's beyond the scope of my practice, but like, Yeah, you're assuming it'll be fast if nothing goes wrong.
1: Right. Oh, my. Wait. Hang on. Okay. (laughs) What's happening is... Oh, God. Hang on. What's happening is I just happened to look and check to see what my recording thing was doing and saw that it was taking from the computer. Yeah, so... I am now recording on the mic, so we're good. But it's a good thing you're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the sound quality is going to be like,
0: we'll especially with we'll me. We'll see. We'll see.
1: I was checking because I'm also looking at stuff on my computer. So I was like, I hope that, you know, this isn't going to be audible. It is if it's recording off the computer, so. We'll see. God. Okay. Thank goodness for checking, I suppose. <laughs> Better than uh, me not knowing that there's a problem and then giving you a file
0: that yes. is like dead to hell. I would be very displeased and also having more flashbacks. So that one several tangents episode mm-hmm. that was also recording off the computer and not the mic. And it was the worst because the way that we were set up, the computer was off to the side. So oh no! It wasn't even—it wasn't even close enough to pick up. Like I think my current line is actually kind of decent. The only problem is you would hear the fan noise from the, the computer itself.
1: Yeah, but like my yeah. mic is pretty fine. It, like the computer, I was looking at it and it—it's taking sound. It's just also I'm touching the computer.
0: Yeah. So it, 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 there might be a lot of thumping. There was also the one episode that we recorded with Dylan that had a lot of thumping. <laughs>
1: I think he was, all the
0: mouse clicks <laughs> or the keyboard clicks. No, he was just, I think he was like bouncing his leg. Oh, and this was before I got shock mounts for the microphones. I got oh, shock no. mounts. I got shock mounts because of that. <laughs> so you'll just hear like, let's see if I can, it was like, Oh my goodness. It was, it wasn't very regular either because it was from like the rocking of the table as well. So yeah, that was, that was, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine.
1: Yep. No, it should be okay. I lost it. Oh, well. I have a shock mount. It's just, you know,
0: not on the computer. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can. <laughs> can you imagine putting your entire goddamn computer on a shock mount?
1: That would be A, probably expensive, and B, the weirdest shit. <laughs> okay. Well where were we where are we talking Have, oh yeah he gave me the riddle about transportation oh yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i bitched about i bitched about that, that nurse for a good a solid 15 minutes i think
1: i think it was close cause when i changed it It was like 16 minutes i had been recording off the computer which thank you so much computer it's fine it's but, fine um, everything's fine uh, uh yeah i don't First of all, that question you asked was like so far, I don't know, like logical that or you would think it would be common sense to the point where I thought you were asking me a trick question. I I guess it was to some people. Yeah, I did not think that that was something that would come up, especially Mm -hmm. from someone who works at a hospital. I don't Mm -hmm. know. For me, like transportation always is a problem especially waiting for someone to get dischar- discharged from the hospital. Every time I've been in the hospital, it takes six million years for them to come with that stupid wheelchair and get me out. I'm just like,
0: please, want to go. I mean, I think you would be talking more about porters because they, yes, yes. they transport patients within the hospital and then they also like bring specimens and stuff.
1: No, you do. I just so, I get irritated with any kind of transportation. That like, could you please come? Oh,
0: yeah. I think it's it's an organizational thing because there have been times when, like, a floor will call down and be like, "Hey, can you send us more swabs for us to use?" And we'll be like, "Okay, we'll have them ready for the porter." And then they'll call down again and be like, "Did someone pick them up yet? Because it's still not here." And I'm like, "No, no one's come." <laughs> yeah, it's it's happened. And then sometimes you'll have two porters who come. So like one comes and then 15 minutes later, like another one comes and it's like, I'm picking up swabs for this floor. And I'm just like, they left. <laughs> Sorry, dude. God. Yeah. I-, I don't know how the arrangement system works, but it's not very efficient. And that's the same for both hospitals that i worked at. So apparently it's like that in all hospitals. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame, I don't blame the porters because they just, like, they just get the message to do whatever, but if they don't get the message, then they can't do what they're supposed to do, so.
1: Okay, well, (laughs) bless that. Welcome to, I guess, the fun of being a patient in an organization, Yeah. We live in a society.
0: I mean, at least Canada's better off. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, my life is so much better now that I know that you can't get a medical asylum for medical uh, not being treated medically, whatever. So, Uh,
0: I'm triggered. (laughs) Just put in that, like, is it a meme? That thing where it's like the loud sound and the word triggered glitching all over the screen is that a meme am i too old to understand i it might be a meme i just haven't seen it i've i've seen it like people people will talk about stuff and then they'll jokingly say like i'm triggered and then it'll that will happen and i'm like i don't is it what is it from i'm
1: old uh i have not seen that i wonder if they're saying like I, i do think people use the word triggered too often But like,
0: I know people will like, use it jokingly, like, I guess, kind of ironically, like they know, you know, this isn't actually a a trigger. mm. Like, like, like what you were saying, kind of like, you know, you're not actually triggered into having a breakdown.
1: But I am triggered into going on a rant for four hours, possibly, which I totally definitely could.
0: I'm, can we maybe avoid that this time? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: which is why I said I was triggered. And that was enough. <laughs> I was done after that. <laughs> okay. Unlike the last time we recorded, I was in a uh, bad headspace. And I yeah. about everything. But yeah. So, speaking of headspaces.
0: Okay. We're kind of talking about headspaces okay (laughs) i'm trying to check off like so we already talked about phrenology and we talked about the face reading yes are you we talking literal head spaces or kind of
1: yes so (laughs) i it was not on my list to do next but i've been listening to to different things and it just occurred to me that I haven't really looked into what it takes to determine if someone is uh, mentally competent or not to stand trial, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So I I hear it a lot when you're talking about or listening to podcasts. What is happening? Audacity, like, automatically compensated for me turning the mic up. So it was like, I turned it up and it went to a normal volume. Mm-hmm. And then went right back down. Oh, yeah. So yeah, and I, I don't know. They'll probably be able to
0: fix if I just normalize it. It should normalize normal. as long as it doesn't blow out. It should be okay.
1: Oh yeah, It was doing the opposite. So <laughs> weird.
0: So there's gonna be a section where you're talking like this.
1: Hopefully I'm, not. I mean, it should be very <laughs> close to the microphone. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about me doing uh, ASMR, so possibly.
0: If anyone's wondering what my state of consciousness is, I remember my shoelaces being untied and being too lazy to <laughs> tie them, and then I came home, and I looked down, and my shoelaces were tied, and I don't remember tying them.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Thanks, Casper. <laughs>
0: I, I generally, I'm trying to think back. I'm like, I don't remember, like, after I saw my shoelaces being untied the first time and I was like, I'm like, cause I'm walking to lunch. I didn't feel like stopping in the middle of the hall with my food in my hands, trying to tie it. And then I just forgot about it after. And then anyway, <laughs> well, hopefully it's like that thing where you're driving and you don't remember how you drove home. I think it might've been like that. It, it might, it must have been, but like tying your shoelaces is very specific. Like, like it's, also, not, it's driving home and no, not hitting but, any other car. But driving home, like it becomes habit, right? Like, you know, the way you know, like it's already built in, but like, I don't normally have to tie my shoelaces. That's not a thing that I have to like, that just comes up in the back of my mind that I remember to do.
1: I suppose. I don't know. Who knows, but... Uh, not me. <laughs> not me either. And I didn't know how people are determined mentally incompetent, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just kind of curious about that, because as much as it comes up when you're like, this person should never mm-hmm. have been put on the stand, this person is definitely misdisturbed and, like, they didn't get labeled correctly.
0: Misdisturbed?
1: I was going to say mislabeled. And uh, my (laughs) mouth got ahead of my brain, okay? Okay, okay. My brain got ahead of my mouth, one of those things. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, it usually comes up in the context of this person is not capable and they should not have been put on the stand. Mm -hmm. At least for me, that's usually the context I hear or the, the context I think about that but um also i guess when you're talking about really awful people and sometimes they get labeled as incompetent when i don't think they should have so yeah i guess it kind of goes either way but i was curious about what the process would be like i actually anticipated it being a psyche valve
0: i think I, my impression was partly psych eval, but also, like, I think it depends on what they state as a reason, because it could be a psychological, or it could be, like, if they have some other kind of disability.
1: That would make sense. Like, that's actually, that's what I thought. But honestly, now I know why it gets kind of thrown around in weird cases. Okay. Because for me, like, especially when people aren't displaying any kind of explicit mental illness or signs of mental illness. Mm -hmm. I kind of get really irritated when that defense is used. Yeah. But looking from a legal perspective, I understand why, because I really thought that was specifically a, a psyche valve. Like, okay, they failed a psyche valve. They're not competent Mm -hmm. or they passed a psyche valve and they're competent, but that's not really what they're looking at. And having a mental illness is only part of the evaluation. Yeah. The overall
0: evaluation of a psyche, though. So, so hold on. Just to be clear, when they say, like, unfit to stand trial, because usually my understanding is that the trial still continues, just that yes. they won't be a witness because yes. they're unable to testify.
1: That and, as far as my understanding goes it also influences how you present things in court because you do say Mm. like, because if they're not mentally competent, then you as the defense would be like, my client has X, Y, Z and is not mentally culpable at this time of the crime. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why you would do it. And I, that is also more of a psyche valve. So that would be used in a case where, they do have a mental problem, but they're determined, still competent for trial because they don't meet all these legal requirements for for being In- mentally insane. Yeah. So they have a problem. They're mentally or legally mentally insane.
0: Well, so- but that's also different, right? Because insane is more like you have the insanity defense. Right. Whereas, again, we're talking about like the trial is still happening. Right like yeah. even m- if
1: you're even if you're mentally insane, even if like legally they say you are they use the insanity defense mm-hmm. or one of the many insanity defenses, I didn't know that was a multiple thing, but even if they do that, uh, you're still having the trial. It just affects how your defense how the defense works, at, uh,
0: yeah what their approach is because I guess it kind of logically follows it's like, okay, if this person isn't mentally capable enough to testify, then they were not mentally capable at the time of the crime.
1: Which, Which is kind of separate, but it would indicate that it would it would open that up, yes.
0: Yeah, especially like as a juror, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes sense to you.
1: There are several different kinds of um, I think how many five, four. There are four kind of rules or tests that you can use. Okay, I thought maybe we could make this a little series <laughs>
0: okay just, I thought, just so i thought you were gonna suggest that we should go through the checklist for ourselves <laughs> i'm like that's oh, a bad no. idea <laughs> it's like going through no. the uh what is it the psychopathy checklist look you can twist it in any way to make you fit or not fit those that's why you leave it to the professionals
1: <laughs> <laughs> well also to be fair when you're looking at dsmv diagnostics the thing about psychology is everyone can show tendencies mm-hmm. for any mental disorder. It's not about tendencies or how many th- or what you check off, it's about how many you check off and also in what area. The intensity. Yes. Yeah. So I mean everyone has a tendency to maybe to be selfish or prioritize their feelings and not someone else's. That's not necessarily a narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just someone who's a little bit of a narcissist or a little bit selfish. Yeah. So I feel like there are some times where people get a hold of DSMV
0: yeah. lists and they, when they shouldn't. Self-diagnose. <laughs> Self-diagnosis, whether you're talking about a physical pathology or a mental pathology, is just a bad idea.
1: <laughs> yes. And the DSMV, just like, what's that website that everyone makes fun of?
0: WebMD. Yeah, WebMD. Yeah.
1: It, it's, yes, those things are on there. And yes, if you meet six out of ten that might qualify as a diagnosis. However, there's a lot of other things that go into it that you genuinely should not, I mean,
0: you can do it objectively, I guess, for yourself, but generally, (laughs) I don't think so. I think, well, even like a doctor would never diagnose themselves, right? Yes. Like a psychologist would not diagnose themselves because they are not objective.
1: Right. You can't be entirely objective Mm -hmm. to yourself.
0: Yeah, and even though for both physical and mental illnesses what you describe to your doctor, or your therapist or whoever um is subjective, there are checks and balances in place to see if everything makes sense or if maybe you're not necessarily maligning cuz that's intentional. But if some people have a tendency to exaggerate mm, or yeah. or mitigate or, I mean, you
1: don't have to go that far. You, your perception of your own actions or your perception of anxiety mm-hmm. in a lot of cases can be skewed. I mean, by nature of mental illness, yeah, it is a little skewed.
0: So and That's the trap of being too self-aware, is that you're like, <laughs> am I actually experiencing anxiety right now? Or... <laughs> Am I am I overthinking my overthinking?
1: <laughs> uh, yes, which is what I go through all, all the time. Oh, I have been looking up different fountain pens for the last eight oh, yes. hours. Am I actually needing to go for eight hours because I'm not finding something? Or am I being obsessive about it? Probably being obsessive about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It seems normal to me but then I could also be obsessive about it so takes <laughs> one to no know one I, ugh.
1: I honestly there's a reason why I am having trouble with this OCD diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but this seems totally normal to me like what What? I just want to try the, to find the best thing wouldn't you
0: want to try to find the best thing why is this bad that's <laughs> like, why I have Amazon Prime so that I can try the thing and return it if I don't want it and buy the next thing.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so speaking of that test,
0: <laughs> we can stop diagnosing me, self-diagnosing me.
1: <laughs> uh I think this the McNaughton. I think I've heard this before, to be honest, the McNaughton rule or the McNaughton defense.
0: You'll have to describe it to me.
1: <laughs> oh well, I just mean as a term. I I know that I have heard of it. I think I'll start there, because there are four ways to determine legal insanity. There's the model model penal code test. Okay. The Durham rule, which is another one that I heard of and didn't realize what they were talking about. <laughs> um, the irresistible impulse test, and then the McNaughton rule. Okay. So, I do know that... The McNaughton Rule isn't really used as much anymore as far as the U.S. goes. It's kind of interesting how it came up. It was established, I think it's the oldest one, which is why it's kind of been phased out. Mm -hmm. It was established by the English House of Lords. Okay. So, in 1843.
0: Wow, that's a long time ago.
1: Yes, which probably means that the defense needs to be used uh, or looked at again and maybe not used anymore, especially since there have been leaps and bounds yeah. in understanding psychological conditions since 1843. Yeah, you're
0: no longer considered insane or hysterical, which was the common way of calling women mm-hmm. who did not conform. conform. I, I was like, confined? Con- <laughs> perform? No. I mean, yes to both of those kind of. Okay, yeah, that I didn't realize it would work, but okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, women who didn't perform in many ways were seen <laughs> as defective, so so since we don't have a lot of modern tools or we didn't have a lot of understanding of psychological conditions back in 1843, we can't really say what The original person, uh, Daniel McNaughton, really suffered from. But a lot of people, it's posited (laughs) that he was a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. So we really can't say too much.
0: Which, I mean, at this point, it's really hard to, even if you had, like, records, like, it's been long enough that the interpretation of those records could be very confusing.
1: Yes. What we do know is that he killed the secretary to the prime minister. (laughs) Okay. But he was deemed to be under delusion of being uh, persecuted. And I don't really know how he thought he was being persecuted. But the parliament was convinced to create a standard for homicide or insanity in homicide. It was really complicated. There were a lot of there are a lot of there's a lot of pushback. There was a lot of public outcry about how it was handled because he, in the end, was found not guilty, and people are like, he uh, he killed someone. Yeah, He's pretty dang guilty. Yeah. This is also at a time where people really believed that if you did something bad, that like either you were possessed by the devil or you were inherently evil.
0: Yes, I recall we did talk about this in. One of the previous episodes, I just can't remember
1: which Mm -hmm. one. With phrenology. Yeah. Because phrenology was also kind of born out of people trying to understand why people did bad things. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, I remember
1: that now. (laughs) I mean, it honestly, the McNaughton uh, trial or the McNaughton defense originated kind of at the same time that phrenology was being proposed. Huh. So the mid-1800s for both. I think 1850 something was phonology. Yeah, which
0: does make sense because I remember you were saying like it was kind of taking a step back away from the religiousness Mm
1: -hmm.
0: of people's behavior. So yeah, like it it makes sense to yeah, like before I guess if you were doing something evil and people thought that it was like the devil making you do it Mm -hmm. and it's like your crime like you said was not being religious enough which therefore makes you worthy of punishment in their eyes but now it's like so you're
1: still gonna get punished it's just why you're being punished
0: (laughs) yeah so like you you were at fault for not being religious enough but not technically at fault for (laughs) killing someone
1: Right, it's the devil's <laughs> fault. The devil made you kill someone, but you're at fault for letting the devil in in the first place because you had to do something morally corrupt to get the devil inside you. You know,
0: like killing someone. <laughs> I, s- I think this is what Thank you call a circular. <laughs>
1: it's
0: what you call a circular argument. What did you say? A circular, so- circular argument. It's oh. Now that I say it, it's a really weird combination of words to say
1: oh no it wasn't that you just turned into a robot and it couldn't hear oh again.
0: but circular argument also was hard to say that was-
1: <laughs> it, it kind of does and obviously there are a million problems with that kind of understanding yeah. of human behavior but yeah for sure i think phrenology was and actually this case too were massive steps in finding natural causes for someone's behavior mm-hmm. instead of, you know, spirits.
0: Like the ghost tying my shoe.
1: I mean, <laughs> if you believe in ghosts, that's fine. I don't not believe in ghosts necessarily. And I'm not trying to come after people who are religious. Just that... Maybe ghosts uh, there have there better to be things balance. to do. <laughs> oh. uh, yes, also that. <laughs> but also, there needs to be a balance. You can't dismiss everything because whatever anyway i have my own opinion so <laughs> the parliament set this as a mcnaughton rule and it this is the thing that they wrote are established um to establish a defense on the ground of insanity it must be clearly proved that at the time of the committing of the act the party accused was laboring under such a defective reason from disease of the mind and not to know the nature and quality of the act he was doing, or if he did know it, that he did not know he was doing what was wrong. My goodness, that wording. Yeah,
0: legalese. Oh, God. Legalese is really hard to understand and pick apart.
1: And not only legalese. Legalese is fine. It's just legalese from 1843. (laughs) It, It sounds... I don't even know if what I read made sense to myself. It just—it was so circular. But like,
0: I think it—it it kind of made sense. There were certain phrases that made more sense yeah. than others.
1: Yes, there are some phrases I was like, "That's okay," but I think that's just wording. In essence, like briefly looking at it, you have to prove at the time of committing the act that you were. <laughs> laboring under a disease of the mind. <laughs> which like, yeah, that no, that makes sense. Yeah, in combination with not knowing that what you did was wrong. But there's I think the wording in that is a little bit specific as well, but like basically you have to prove that you didn't know what you were doing was right or wrong, which I think we do hear that mm-hmm. communicated a lot. Yeah. Like, even in the lay lay context. Talking about crimes. Yeah. That you have to establish what was right or wrong. I know I've heard, like, on TV shows, people say he clearly knew that things were right or wrong.
0: So, hold on, let me just quickly look it up so that I don't get the term wrong. But I believe we're referring to the mens rea, which is... ah. Uh, it's kind of it's tied to the mens rea. The mens rea is the intention or knowledge of wrongdoing that constitutes part of a crime. So oh, I think that
1: is the mens rea.
0: So your mens rea is your intent, and then your actus reus is, is the actual act. So for someone to be culpable, both have to be present.
1: And I think that standard applies also to the McNaughton rule, at least when you're talking about legal insanity.
0: Yeah, because you're saying, like, they have to not know whether or not it's wrong, basically. Mm-hmm. The way that I learned about mens rea was more like you intend to do this thing. Like, whether it was right or wrong is only a part of that. It's like drinking and driving. Because, like, it's kind of tricky because you're, when you're drunk, you have an altered state of consciousness i keep using that term today i think it's because of my altered state of consciousness i think i
1: think that's correct though i think that's the correct term
0: yeah but the thing is you are still aware enough you know that you are you probably like you it's not that you know you're drunk because a lot of people who are drunk might not be aware of how drunk they are but you know you have been drinking Right. It was that is an intentional act. And then getting into your car, that is intentional. So mm-hmm. even though you might not be your full aware self at the time, there were two intentional acts which forms both your mens rea and your actus reyes. So that's why drinking and driving, if you do it, then you're guilty because you knew you were doing it. And I guess right. it, yeah, it makes sense to understand that it's wrong, too, because everyone knows you shouldn't be drinking and driving.
1: Well, if you didn't know it was wrong, that can really indicate mentality. Mm -hmm. Think of uh, a serial killer or some serial killers, for instance. Or even... hmm, What's his name? The guy who kept people's heads in his house.
0: This sounds really bad, but you really do have to be more specific. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know his name,
1: and it's on the tip. No, he had— I think it was. Ed was the one
0: who, like, decapitated his mom or something and, like, made masks out of people's faces.
1: Oh, no, not him. I, I don't remember the guy's name. I know who I'm thinking about. But he wanted to have sexual intercourse where the person was really not cognizant or participating. As far as the right or wrong, I don't know if he ever really considered hmm. it was right or wrong. He just had a sexual need and he was trying to do it without killing. Like He tried to inject a really weird chemical cocktail, like bleach and shit Ugh. into into people's heads or into guys' heads so that they would be kind of willing, limp sexual objects.
0: Okay. But he ended up killing, obviously. Uh, Because unlike what Trump says, you should not be putting bleach into your body. I'm gonna have to
1: look this up because
0: inject... How how
1: does one do this? (laughs) Without Um, looking like a
0: serial killer yourself.
1: (laughs) Serial killer inject victims. Yeah. Gay. (laughs) Because he was gay. It's fine. Oh, God. Dahmer.
0: Oh, that's it. Jeffrey Dahmer. See, I was thinking about him because he, but I was like, but he's a cannibal. I knew, I knew he kept decapitated people in his home, but he was also a cannibal, so I didn't necessarily make that (laughs) conclusion because you didn't talk about the cannibalism but
1: (laughs) I always forget about the cannibalism to be honest
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's fair though (laughs) don't we all want to forget about the cannibalism
1: yeah but my brain has latched onto the uniqueness I guess of his motives Mm -hmm. because that's something that really sets him apart In my mind, as far as you're talking about uh, legal insanity, Mm -hmm. I don't think that he was mentally fit, to be honest. He very clearly has a mental disorder. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, that's not just me saying that he he shouldn't have been uh, punished. He shouldn't have been punished. Uh, Obviously, I think he should be. But I do think that there is something more serious wrong with him than a proclivity to kill people, you know?
0: So, but then when you're talking about whether someone knows something is right or wrong.
1: Technically, he was labeled as knowing what was right or wrong, but I question that a lot.
0: Okay. Me, personally. Because another example, probably more recent, is the Greyhound bus. I don't remember. Is that
1: the guy who, like, cut off the head of the guy beside him? Yeah. And, like...
0: Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And that was mess, God. And he very justifiably was found to be, I guess, legally insane. So rather than a prison sentence, he was actually being treated at a psych facility. Yeah. And I, I know
1: he thought everyone was the, he saw that he was something else. I think he
0: was schizophrenic. I think. Um Oh yeah, he's using the oh God, yeah. Yeah, he, I think like he saw the victim as some kind of monster or evil and some demon, I think. Yeah, I like I, and he had I remember like looking into the case, I think this was actually for my old shitty podcast. Um <laughs> but like he had a, a history of mental illness that was somewhat untreated. So that kind of all made sense to this, like and the thing is it's it's that like awareness, right? Like when he was lucid, I guess, he knew what he did was wrong. Like now that he's been released, like he's extremely remorseful for what he did and you know, horrified by what he did. But at the time of the crime, he didn't understand that he was hurting a human being. He thought he was fighting a monster or something yeah. along those lines.
1: I remember that I just my recall of that case. I think it disturbed me a lot, so I really didn't look into
0: that too much. I think it it stood out a lot because it was in Canada and I believe he's Chinese-Canadian, so there was a lot of talk about mental health in Chinese community because like, of how stigmatized, especially um, within Asian communities. that was kind of the
1: context I heard it, too. Yeah,
0: so it was... I mean, also, it's a very shocking thing to happen. So, it was definitely talked about a lot. Yeah, and
1: I mean... (sighs) For people who are around the 90s, 80s and 90s, who saw Dahmer, I'm sure it was really shocking too, mm-hmm. but he said he said that he understood what he was doing was wrong, but I'm just honestly, with him, I'm not convinced because knowing, to me, knowing that something is right or wrong doesn't mean that you understand that it's right or wrong. Like, you can say, oh yeah, society says that incest is bad, but you as a person like but these kind of feelings i have for my stepbrother or
0: brother but i think but we're looking at it from a legal perspective right oh that's true so you're looking at it like like you have to say okay you understand that this thing that you're doing is Breaking breaking the law it is illegal and we talked about you know moral subjectivity so that besides that it's like you know what this is like okay we'll talk about something more sensitive sexual assault yeah like and and i hear this a lot and i think this was something someone actually tried to do but they like if they asked a man like would you ever rape someone and they would say of course not like that's bad they know that it is bad but if you change the wording you know, if this girl you really liked was unconscious. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that one also is, I think most people would objectively be like, yeah, no. But like, yeah, if you, well, I mean, or, I guess you, or, hear like, people if you say
1: like she asked for it or like, yeah. She or, send it.
0: or even, even like, um, not even going into the victim blaming, but just like, I'm trying to think of a specific example. Give me a second here. <laughs> <laughs> My brain's not working. Okay. Like, if you were to, like, coercion into sex Mm. is still sexual assault. Yeah. Right? It's still rape because it is not that person's explicit consent. It is not explicitly what they want. But, like, if you were to ask a guy, like, okay, well, if you really like this, this girl or whoever, like, and she said no, would you try to, like, convince her? Would you try to loosen her up with alcohol? Yeah. And... In their minds, they can justify that act. And they understand that the act itself is actually wrong, but, like, not really. So, legally speaking, though, it's like, yeah, you know you shouldn't be doing that.
1: Fair enough. I just, maybe it's just my brain, when looking at psychology, that I feel feel a little leery about it. But, again, from a legal perspective, he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, so, that was established by the the lords in response to McNaughton that or at least they put clearly a standard of insanity because mm-hmm. they thought that he wasn't he wasn't culpable yeah so Minnesota still uses it hmm and they have in their statutes that no person having a mental illness or cognitive impairment so as to be incapable of understanding the proceedings or making a defense shall be tried, sentenced, or punished for any crime, but the person shall not be okay. But the person shall not be ex- excused from criminal liability except upon proof that at the time of the of committing the alleged crime. Oh my God! <laughs> at the time of committing the alleged criminal act. The person was laboring under such a defective reason from one of these causes as to know the nature as to not know the nature of the act, or that it was wrong. As it turns out, it is just as fra- oddly phrased in the modern day as it was in eighteen
0: forty-three. But I understood that
1: it me was too, very long, like,
0: so I'm not sure yeah. I remember <laughs> all of it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; like I was understanding it as you were telling me. And then I forgot. Yes. It but it should...
1: oh, Okay. Well, I feel like it, it's one of those things where you have to put so many clauses in it that it leaves out any kind of loophole. Yeah. And also,
0: okay, this is Canadian constitution. I'm not familiar with the American one, but like you're, there is a clause that says your laws can't be ambiguous, which is ironic because many mm. of them are, but like, that's why it has to be kind of like, you have to know. For the most part, unless if it was some weird thing, if what you're doing is a crime. So I
1: think there's a provision for that, but obviously we're not really good at that. So
0: <laughs> Shame.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying if it is a thing, it's easily ignored. So that is where the McNaughton rule comes from. So you have to meet two separate criteria. Okay. As far as this one in particular goes. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember the first part now. (laughs) Because that was (laughs) like,
0: whether or not you really understand what's happening. Right? And then the second one, well, it's kind of, it's almost a three-parter, right? Because it's whether or not you understand what's even happening, which like, does does anyone? But also (laughs) you should, you would be like, I think there was the mental disorder clause as well, technically. Like, you have to be, quote-unquote, laboring under a mental disease. Uh, So, it's not
1: three exactly. It's two. two. (laughs) Well, it's two, but... I think it's got a very broad scope as to the reasons why they would apply if that makes sense. So the first one is a mental disease or defect of the mind. yeah and the second is inability to know the nature or qual- quality of the criminal act or that the act was wrong. So okay that's kind of that third part yeah. but it's lumped into one. but having a mental disease or like I can't, that's how it's termed but having a mental disorder, that is changing a perception would lead to one of those two things. right? So I think there are a lot of ways that that can happen. There are a lot of extenuating factors that might lead to that, but broken down to, to two things, it makes sense how it's put that mm-hmm. way. Because they kind of feed into each other, if that was a solid defense for you to use to a certain person.
0: Well, I think... Talking about the timing might also be important because, you know, you can have periods of lucidity, lucidity. Yeah. So you might understand what's happening at the time of the trial, right? You might be possibly fit to actually stand trial and, and, and like testify as a witness. But at the time of the crime, Mm -hmm. were you aware? Were you lucid? Yeah. Which I guess is where um, it gets tricky because Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we see that a lot. I, there's a there's a,
1: there's a lot that goes into it, and I think this is probably why I keep saying McNaughton, but it's not it's a monoton. Okay. Yeah, there's no C. But it has a it has one of those apostrophes and I'm used to
0: Mick. Yeah, also I'm a I was just about to make a Final Fantasy fourteen reference. Oh no, oh no what? Because there is a race in 14 that's, it's the Makote. They're like the cat people. They're cute. But like, <laughs> the the joke is because the way it's spelled is M-I-apostrophe-Q-O-T-E. So the M-apostrophe, like when people are kind of making fun of it or, or, or referencing it, they would be like, whatever. Oh. Yeah, and that's what it made me think of. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> s- very similar, kind of. <laughs> Not at all relevant, but it's fine. But uh, <laughs> it fits.
1: Is it though? And I do, do that and take my Irish Scottish brain out.
0: is um, also uncommon. Like, McNaughton yeah. is very common.
1: As far as structure wise. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anywho. <laughs> uh, <laughs> today we're going into the origins of names. Oh, my goodness. Etymology. No, just names. Just people names. (laughs) It's still etymology. Yes, but just people name (laughs) etymology.
1: Naming etymology (laughs) only. (laughs) Okay, so I have an example or a case appropriate and an inappropriate case for applying the defense, which might help. So, do you want to do the inappropriate one or the appropriate one?
0: (laughs) It's, it's it, I, that's the legal term. I know. Inappropriateness. <laughs> I know. But let's take that clip, that sound bite, out of context. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the inappropriate? Well, let's let's be inappropriate.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when given a choice, always be inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Quote Shelley. <laughs> so inappropriate case. Susan wants to marry a single man but he does not want the responsibility for caring for her children. Susan decides to kill her children. Oh god, she drives hmm. her two sons, aged 3 and 5, out to the lake. She puts the car in the park, in park, gets out and then pulls the gear watching as it drives into the water. Both of her sons drown. Is this not an Either- actual
0: real case I feel like I've
1: heard about? This. I think I feel or like this more is based than on true <laughs> Yeah, I think this is. There are cases I know that I've done similar things, mm-hmm. so I think they kind of made a generic, but yes. based off of actual actions.
0: Susan, not a Karen. Um,
1: they, oh God! Later that day, Susan files police report stating that a kid, a stranger, kidnapped her children at gunpoint. While searching the area for the kidnapper, the police discover the children's bodies and evidence indicating that Susan killed them. Okay, this is definitely like aspects of cases. Yeah, that have yeah,
0: this sounds but, really familiar.
1: Yeah. Susan vacants her kidnapping story and admits she killed her children. However, she claims she is not guilty by reason of insanity. Susan's claim will probably not be successful if she killed her children in a jurisdiction that recognizes the monoton insanity defense. Susan tried to mislead the police, demonstrating her awareness Mm -hmm. that she had done something wrong. Thus... Although Susan's behavior appears mentally unbalanced, she clearly knew the difference between right and wrong, and her conduct is not excusable under Monoton's rigid requirements. So I think maybe if she hadn't lied to the police, <laughs> I, they might have been able to use it. I mean,
0: yeah. I, like, if she, I, I, not with other pieces of evidence, though, right? Like, right. right. Yeah, that reminds me, not exactly related. I'm sorry for the tangent, but that reminds me <laughs> of this like riddle. It's a very dark riddle. That's oh, like, no. this girl went to this funeral where one of her relatives passed away. And mm-hmm. she meets a man there who was, oh, I think, I yeah, noticed. who was like, I think the significant other of her sister or something. Mm-hmm. She falls in love. But she never sees him again after that because they had no other like it, it was a funeral. But she still ends up meeting him again, and how does that happen? And the answer to that riddle is supposed to be spoiler alert that she killed someone else in her family, so there would be another funeral, so that he'd be there as well because yeah. yeah, her sister or whoever it was who was dating him is there. But yeah, that that just kind of like I want to meet a man, so I'm going to I'm going to do something terrible. Girl, well, no. I met the man at a funeral, <laughs> so in order for
1: me to meet the man again, someone else has to die.
0: Yeah, can we not? Men aren't that great anyway. <laughs> and I say this as a straight woman.
1: <laughs> well, I think I think that one actually is an indicator of mental illness and maybe maybe not knowing,
0: I don't know to be honest. Well, but I, um, that's a again, de- it de- it depends on circumstances, right? Like it depends yeah. on you know, obviously there is premeditation, but premeditation doesn't necessarily mean awareness. For sure. Yeah.
1: Especially in the monotonous defense. It's, it doesn't indicate any kind of when you decide to do something, just what factors mm-hmm. into your decision. Yeah. But I think like on the essence of that example, without any other context, I think that it could have possibly been used if she hadn't tried to, you know, lie to the police.
0: Yeah, because if she lied to the police, then, like, there's a reason you had to lie. And it's because you know uh-huh. you're going to get in trouble for it because you know this is wrong. Whereas if you were... Whereas
1: someone who... Yeah,
0: whereas if you were just like, well, they were just in my way. Yeah, I, I love this man. The man I loved in the him. Which, I mean, is still terrifying, but... Oh absolutely. (laughs) Again, men aren't that great. Men ain't shit. (laughs) I mean, there's probably a whole lot of things
1: going into it, but love maybe not what she thought it was, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would bring a lot of other things into question. But (laughs) so the example of a case appropriate for the Menotten defense is Andrea diagnosed schizophrenic drowns five of her young children oh, from in the bathtub again children. well actually yeah i know i don't know why these are used example but this is also based off definitely a case that happened mm-hmm. i remember i think there's a woman who drowned her three kids one after the other it was a big long thing but she thought that there's a problem with outside influence and stuff um. but Andrea promptly phones 911 and tells the operator that her children are dead. Yeah, this I think this might be based off of that case. The operator dispatches an emergency call to law enforcement. When law enforcement officers arrive at Andrea's house, she informs them that she killed her children so that would so that they could leave this earth and enter heaven. Yeah. I yeah, she did something similar like that. I she don't remember she that thought one. that I don't remember a lot about it because I have problems with mother's killing <laughs> yeah. but she did it, she did it for a specific reason she was like convinced
0: that it was help. something was gonna it would help
1: yeah yeah mm. for one reason or another she thought it was a good thing which i think actually the haunting of hill house the book oh was inspired by that in some ways as well okay. you know with the mom yeah Love that series. If you haven't seen it, I might have spoiled it. So sorry. But
0: uh, <laughs> um, I don't think it's a big spoil. I. You... Without context, you have no idea what we're talking about. So, no. I, Fair enough. Yeah. Like, I think if people watched it, they'd be like, yeah, that's a big spoil. But, like, you wouldn't understand what we're talking about anyway if you haven't seen it. So, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's like my Final Fantasy uh, Andrea- fourteen references <laughs> doesn't matter because you don't understand it anyway.
1: <laughs> Andrea thereafter claims she is not guilty for killing her children by reason of insanity. Andrea could be successful if the jurisdiction in which she killed her children recognizes the monotonous insanity defense. Mm-hmm. Andrea suffers from a mental defect, schizophrenia. In addition, there is no evidence indicating an Andrea knows Andrea, whatever, knew her conduct was wrong, such as an attempted escape or cover-up. In fact, Andrea herself contacted law enforcement and immediately told them about her acts, her criminal acts. Thus, both of the Middotton elements appear to be present, and Andrea's conduct might be excusable under these circumstances.
0: Which is kind of interesting when you apply, like, the concept of mens rea to it. Because, again, it's, it's the, I think, wrongdoing becomes the keyword because obviously she intended to do it it wasn't like a sleepwalking situation where you literally have like no idea what your body is doing and like she knew the consequences would be death but like yeah she didn't understand beyond that that it was wrong well, that she, she was thought doing that something
1: death good was justifiable yeah I, I think it's one of those things where like maybe a philo- philosophical example is a is a good model for it you know that i don't remember the name the spe- specific name for the situation but if you have a train and uh it's going to go on a track that's going to kill five people oh, yeah. do you pull the switch and it kills one you know yeah. i don't remember the model but you know what yeah, i'm talking about yeah. so I think in this case, in her mind, which is what would get you labeled as insane, that her kids were headed towards the five track and their life would be worse somehow. And so she pulled the switch and did the bad thing that was going to kill mm-hmm. the one, or in this case, kill her children. But that
0: they would be saved from something wrong. worse.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think that especially in this example she knew it was wrong and that's why she called the police but she that that amount of wrong is not really consequential when the context of why she did it i mean to be fair i can also
0: see a context where she doesn't even understand that it's wrong per se but like it's just calling the police when someone's dead is just something you know you're supposed to do right like yeah. So actually, it, I can see. Yeah. That too. So again, like I obviously we're talking about a hypothetical situation, oh, yeah. so none of it matters. But yeah, like even then, I don't think she necessarily has to understand that what she did was wrong because now you're kind of leaning into was it justified rather than am I insane, right? Yeah. Because. And, and obviously, you were talking about a very subjective <laughs> justification, <laughs> but it's
1: uh, like, I feel like a lot of a lot of legal things can be subjective. It's just how you. Yeah, do it.
0: and that's why you have precedent law because you want to try and find a case as close as bo- possible and see what was done there to keep it consistent because all these things are so different. But like, I guess if we were to look at it as you know, is this justified? Then you would be looking at something like self defense right like it if i was attacked and i i don't know had a really great roundhouse kick (laughs) and somehow broke the guy's neck no my roundhouse kick is not that it's pretty good but it's not that good i am still human i don't know he fell and he knocked his head and then died from a brain hemorrhage (laughs) Let's go there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a thing that happens It's, it's like, obviously, I know you shouldn't be hitting someone. Like, hitting someone yeah. is bad. Hitting someone until they die is bad. But the act is justified because I was protecting myself. But that's obviously very different than, like, well, I did nothing wrong. Right, like it's, yeah. yeah. So it's it's a little bit tricky in that way it could, because neither of us are lawyers nor are we legal philosophers. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So seeing the way that it's like applied exactly and I feel like it also depends on jurisdiction and location because I don't know if the monoton rule is used in Canada. I feel like it is because there's a lot of crossover since our legal systems are somewhat similar in that respect. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I
1: looked at this, in t- not really intending, but with the understanding that it was going to be more psychology-heavy mm-hmm. when it really isn't. I expected it to be a more psychological basis or test, which is something that I would have understood more <laughs> and been able to yeah. give better examples. But instead, it turned into a law or more legal well that's indicator or defense that's or test. the
0: thing with that i've noticed in a lot of whether it's defense tests or eligibility tests when it comes to the legal system is that at the end of the day and this was something we also learned when we had to learn how to testify as expert witnesses is that lawyers and judges are not scientists they're not psychologists they're not doctors. So that's why when you have these rules that like would make sense that you're looking at a psych evaluation, they don't got the time. It's not that they don't got the time for that. They don't have the expertise for that. (laughs) And part of it is like, that's why you have expert witnesses, but sometimes like, but those expert witnesses would also be testifying. Do they fit those very stringent requirements? Right. Like obviously you would, if someone was previously undiagnosed, you would have to have an expert witness to say, okay, do they fit that mental disorder clause of this test? Yeah, the, the legal system is kind of funny. And when you, when you read some lawyers try to understand science or psychology or anything besides law, it's really funny in a bad, in a bad way. <laughs>
1: It's. I don't know if I find it comforting or if I find it's it... comforting. <laughs> ...concerning. Well, just in the way that, like, oh. you basically could find a legal hole for anything. And at the same... Like, the first thing in my brain is like, okay, so if, I, if I'm in a situation, they could find some way to help me, which is kind of okay in that situation, like, I get it, but then thinking about it it's like i could also get convicted off of absolutely nothing yeah
0: (laughs) again the legal system is run by people and people are imperfect and sometimes evil yeah so there's that so in
1: that case it's very scary for me like
0: yeah it, it that's why i i keep saying like my law professor hates how the legal system is because she knows how broken it is and you know, try as you might to be as reasonable and objective at the end of the day. Like everyone has their own motivations. And sometimes those motivations come into play when you're making a decision. So, yeah, sucks.
1: It's, it's just crazy. I don't know.
0: I just- <laughs> Using I know, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> crazy just like Andrea in your little case study example. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. oh, God. I just,
1: I don't know. The Minotan, it, it makes sense to me why this one's a little bit defunct. But, like, the in yeah defense in particular, I can see why uh, it's been changed. I can appreciate that, but yeah, that's the, I think the first real uh, insanity defense as far mm-hmm. as Western
0: law goes. And I think the reason possibly, because it still makes sense. You say it's defunct, but in a way it still makes sense, right? Because yeah. a person shouldn't be held legally, criminally culpable if they're not aware of what they're doing or they're not aware or they don't like their mind doesn't constrain to our moral standards <laughs> in a way like, but also I think it, it it doesn't necessarily mean insane now, right? I think that's that's where
1: I see the necessity for expansion or editing is defining what mental disease or uh, what they say. Deficiency? Uh, yeah, deficient. deficient another D word. Mentally deficient. Yeah, because, like... Oh defect. oh, defect
0: of the oh. mind, that's what it was. Because if you think of, like... I mean, other than the problematic wording. <laughs> if you think of, like... A defect of the mind. Like, sociopaths. Again, I'm not an expert on sociopathy. Sociopathy? If it's... Sociopathy, I think. Yeah, because if it's psychopathy... It should be sociopathy, but I think I hear sociopathy, (laughs) and that makes my mind go, huh? Um, Who knows? Like, is that, are they, like, not necessarily aware, or they don't care of right or wrong? Because? Uh, I think that
1: right or wrong to them is, like, a limit limit that doesn't exist.
0: (laughs) This limit does yeah. not exist. If that makes
1: sense. <laughs> well, what I mean is, like, these plebeians think yeah, this is bad, but, like, I don't, see I don't see why. Okay.
0: If that makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. So it's more of a don't care. Right? Like, you say this is bad, but, like, whatever. I'm going to get what I yeah,
1: want. Fa- yeah. Yeah. I, so. I think so. Or, like... Oh, other people have these limits about doing things, uh, but I'm not limited in what I want or will do. Does that make sense? I'll do anything to get what I want.
0: Yeah, that reminds, have I talked about, I don't know if I've said his name on the podcast. Do I, will I? No, I won't say his name (laughs) on the off chance, but- I I feel like I've mentioned him either here on or on several tangents, but there was a kid in my class who was a self proclaimed sociopath, and okay. we had a class. It wasn't just on ethics; it was on other stuff too. But ethics was a part of the class, and he. I think I've told you about him. For sure, I've told you about him. He was the one who was like, well, ethics is dumb. It limits our ability to do stuff. And, like, he was the one who said most of the stuff we know from modern medicine came from Nazi experiments. And therefore, mm. ethics is stupid. Now...
1: We've talked about that for sure.
0: Yeah. Now, do I think he's actually sociopathic? No. I think he's a teenager trying to be edgy. Also, I could snap him like a twig. <laughs> So there's that because when he said that, oh my God, I think I had to be like held down. Like I was frothing, except not because I was in class, but I was like, if we weren't in class and if it was moral, I, I don't care if it was morally acceptable. I think it's justified. <laughs> there's my insanity defense. It's justified. I would have just literally, I would have broken his arm in half. Oh God. Yeah. It pissed me off so much because I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? But he thinks he's sociopathic. Um, When he said that, I wasn't in, in the class when he said it, but apparently the people who were in the class, he told me, they were like, the prof just went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I um <laughs> Yeah, I, I have don't think the no insan- idea. What? I don't think the insanity defense would work for him either.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I I genuinely have no idea what I would say to that exactly. <laughs> Just punch him
0: in the face. Who needs to say anything? <laughs> yeah, you think you're above right and wrong? Okay, fine then.
1: Uh, whatever. I don't know. People are cre- people can be very creative in their justifications. <laughs> <so> I- <laughs>
0: No, I just think he's a kid who's been on the internet more than talking to people in real life, or he talks to certain people on the internet more than he talks to real people.
1: I was gonna say he sounds like maybe some of those Reddit subreddit mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Like he's just been around these certain kinds of people, yeah. and like he—you know uh, how like you can tell guys have been on that like uh, men going their own way forums in- incel. Well, uh, men going their own way is a little different but you can tell when they've been around that because they all kind of say the
0: same things or similar things. He said that when he has kids, he is going to inject them with the DNA of a cat so they can see in the dark. So take that as you Uh, will. I don't know which corner of the internet he got that from. Probably anime. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that one's a little... I have... I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Anywho. What were we
1: talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I I think we we went through that. That's about that's I mean, because the monoton defense <laughs> is the foundation for all the others kind of or like sets the precedent for
0: these it others is that came the later. oldest, right? I believe so. Okay, yeah, that makes and again, it it does make some level of sense, but not if you're talking about actual psychology. Right. It just again we're going back to that like legal quote unquote science and like actual science. Yeah, there's definitely a difference, which is
1: strange to me, but I I understand that somewhat.
0: Having unfortunately sat in court and also read transcripts of people trying to understand scientific evidence. It doesn't surprise me.
1: (laughs) I think that's probably a better statement. I'm not surprised that it's so separate.
0: Just disappointed. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, tying it back to the theme of this podcast, that's why it's kind of important for experts in... Whether you're like, you might be an expert witness at trial that has nothing to do with forensics. Like, you're, you might not be a forensics expert. For example, I remember I sat in on, I think it was a preliminary. This guy was accused of stealing power for a grow op, which at the time, grow op, grow op, marijuana, marijuana grow operation. Oh. Yeah, at the time, weed wasn't. I've never heard that term. Oh, we hear that a lot because it it used to be around a lot, but now it's legal. So I don't think well, illegal marijuana can still exist because people don't want to pay taxes for it. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's the point. But they had like someone from like the power company testify Mm. because they had to talk about how they like could prove that he indeed did steal power. So. But at the end of the day, again, you're talking to people who are non-experts, right? Like, you you have to be proficient enough to explain whatever it is you're trying to explain with a high degree of accuracy because we are in court. And, yeah. you know, you don't want to say it matches with. You want to say it is consistent <coughs> with. Robitussin. <Yeah>. <laughs> There's uh, definitely, like, a way you have to word things. Yeah. But... You also have to explain it to someone who presumably has absolutely no background. Like, I have no idea how power companies work. Yeah,
1: me either. And that's and that's the thing, you never know what the jury is going to understand mm-hmm. or what
0: the jury won't understand. The last, I, I'm guessing at least fifteen twenty minutes is going to be on a bonus episode of some kind. <laughs> if I ever get eventually K-Tiana. when we release,
1: yeah, if we ever release these bonus episodes, yeah,
0: <laughs> there's enough material to cover. It's just getting around to it, but that concludes this episode. I think yes, yeah. Say yes, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so then, shall we move on to our social media? Natalie, go.
1: My social media. You can find me when I'm not hiding in a hole of a hole in darkness. You can find me on some kind of Brown and kind of Natalie on almost all the platforms.
0: And I still have the several tangents, Twitter, which I sometimes occasionally, very occasionally now tweet at tweet on tweet in <laughs> tweet. You can find this podcast's Instagram at Forensic Friends Podcast and the Twitter at Forensic Fiends. I feel like every time I say that, it sounds like it's not the right word. Fiends. I sounds right to me. the The transcription program that I use spells it like F E E N s because it's so confused and i'm like what is a fiend what in the world yeah so it is f-i-e-n like nancy d like (laughs) david s like sam what a weird word Fred. i have trouble with i don't i yeah sometimes forensic friends also gets transcribed as for a sick friend (laughs) okay so it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's I, fine. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it tried. Yes, I tried. We tried. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye,
1: bye. bye.